This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, my name's James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's great to have your company here for another recap episode this time for the Turkish Grand Prix. What an incredibly good race that was, hey? Wasn't carnage, but it certainly was chaos. And what a way for Lewis Hamilton to come through to win his seventh world championship. An absolutely mega achievement by him with a mega drive as well. Stick around for this episode as we review the entire race. Of course, we go through all of the teams and we talk talk about all of the drivers. We'll also talk about the television broadcast review and Tommy T gives an abnormally high rating for this weekend. If you're new to this podcast, please also consider subscribing. You can find all of the information about what we do and why we love what we do on our website or via all of the links below. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and please feel free to join us on our Discord server. We've gone out of a group message between the three of us and we're starting to give you an insight as to what we talk about during the week and also for the race weekend with everything to do with Formula One. You'll find an invite link to the Discord server below. But for now, let's get into it. As always, on the Oz F1 adventure by these two wonderful human beings, it's Tommy T, Thomas J. Camp. Boys, big g'day to you. G'day. All right, lads, how are we? Yeah, good. Yeah, doing well. That was actually a decent race and a decent race time. I wasn't absolutely, like, punished when I went to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning if you want to stay up in Australia and watch all the post-race interviews. Uh, it was a bloody good race for Australian watching. That is Well, for before sure. you get too excited, we've got three races coming up to start at 1 a.m., 4 a.m. and 2 a.m. respectively. Just so. don't think about it. Just don't think <laughs> about it. <laughs> That 4 a.m. is going to hurt. Oh, man. I just think we watch that at your work, Tommy. Yeah, let's do that again. I'm just, yeah. just going to come down. Play do on. <laughs> do I can. James. Can I? I don't nah. know. Nah. No, you've probably got more COVID than us now, eh? Victoria will screw it by the time that happens. Uh, well, boys, it was uh, it was a great race. The Turkish Grand Prix. Uh, so excited that Turkey was back on the calendar. They got really excited, so they resurfaced the entire track, <laughs> therefore ruining pretty much every sort of chance anyone had of collecting any oh. kind of data in free practice. Which is not a bad thing, really, when you think about it. Uh, Tommy T, let's start with you. Give us your overall thoughts of the weekend before we get into everything that happened pre-race. Good. I like it. So this is one of those tracks that I like playing whenever I'm on a racing game. Yes. Um, Good. It's always fun. But yeah, it was very interesting to see. Like, so... Why did they leave it so late? How long have we known that we're coming to Turkey and how long... 
did they leave it before resurfacing the track? To be fair, it takes the council here about 10 years to resurface one road, so I can only imagine <laughs> to fill one re- resurfacing an entire racetrack would take a pe- period of time. Because uh, apparently this track is owned by a rental car company and usually it's just full of rental cars. It's not actually for a racetrack, it's a parking lot. Oh. So they had to move the cars and then they had to resurface it, so that would take some time. Um, oh, to man. be honest, I don't mind. I think that added a lot of difficulty. Like, <clears> I think <throat> it was last year we were having a lot of complaints, especially around Coda, about how much that surface had moved, how bumpy it was. There was a lot of complaints there. So you can't have it both ways. Either you want a brand new surface or you want an old surface. Get on, get on with uh, it. No, we're Formula One fans. We Deal. can have it 17 ways, actually, oh, uh, right. apparently, according to everyone else. Campy, your overall thoughts of the weekend? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I love so the wet. I just think it's great. It's great to see the drives in action doing what they do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to watch practice in those situations. Uh, I fell asleep Friday night, admittedly, <laughs> <laughs> for both sessions. Um, and then qualifying the red flag. I mean, it just – it's not your stock stand weekend. We're not going to see the top cars performing like they normally are, and it's a bit of a procession this time of the year. We can genuinely pick the top ten, not with absolute precision, but – but generally, you can get it ninety-five percent right um, without things happening. But that's uh, what it's what we love about wet weather in motorsport. Just changes it right up, changes the whole dynamics of everything. 100%. It's no longer about the car. Well, it is still about the car, but it's more about the driver and what he extracts from the car and the particular setup that he's running. So, I'm all for it. I think the more rain, the better. Um, but yeah, geez, it was probably the best race of the year so far. One hundred percent. I don't. Uh, to be honest, I think that's going to be it. I, I have no sort of high hopes for Bahrain or for Abu Dhabi. Uh, to be honest, but uh, I anyway, think Bahrain we'll could be interesting for our favourite team, Renault. The big, cir- the big circle kind of thing potentially. Yeah, could be absolutely. Uh, yep. But you know, it's like lap times Other in fifty six seconds. Like this is you know. Nicholas Latifi is going to be lapped by lap seven <laughs> twice. <laughs> I don't know what's even the point of being on the racetrack anymore? Uh, well, boys, let's talk about the first and obviously the most important thing, Lewis Hamilton claiming his seventh world championship. Uh, finally, we saw an emotional Lewis. I think this mm. year has sort of thrown him around all over the place. Uh, we've mentioned plenty of times on this podcast that we don't think his attitude has been quite there. Uh, but I tell you what, it all, it all boiled over in the best possible way uh, this weekend and it was really really great to see some wonderful tributes by Formula One uh, I loved the on the visor tribute of all of the world championships that he's won except as well this. yeah except for when <laughs> can say anything. I've missed two of them because he's turned left someone didn't think that one through. No, that's very true but it was a nice idea uh, yeah. but look really really impressive we've said time and time yep. again on this podcast uh, we sort of try to leave his off track stuff to his off track stuff but really mega drive from this dude. He got in, you know, really had a really poor performance in qualifying and the Mercedes mm-hmm. just weren't tie- uh, turning on those tyres like the other cars. We'll get into that a little bit later, of course. But seriously, the, the gap that he closed and then the lead that he then built is like a 24-second gap back to Perez by the end. You, you know, if you're a critic of Hamilton, you, you honestly can't question that. Campy, your thoughts on, on Lewis Hamilton and, you know, what what is the future for, for him? Oh, he sticks around. He's going for eight, possibly nine. He's not going anywhere, not next year, not with the regs. He's going to still be in the quickest car. Um, he hasn't lost the fight to win either. Um, but his drive this weekend particularly was just incredible. I mean, 
the patience in which he drove that race. He was stuck up behind uh, Sebastian Vettel for a long time. Mm. Um, and the race just came to him. That just came with experience. He knew the track was getting better and better every lap. There was no rain on the forecast. But the way he just Matt used those tyres to his advantage and they ultimately turned into slicks and he could... <laughs> He's a better manufacturer than Pirelli at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you can't, cannot, take, cannot take anything away from the guy for his uh, on-track performances because he is, is a superstar. I think he, I mean, one stage he was 25, 26 seconds behind and up winning by 30. So yeah, yeah. that's a big turnaround in F1. Um, but the maturity of the drive too, he just he let the race come to him. He didn't yep. push when he had to. <laughs> he didn't do a Max Verstappen and get, you know, Max Max had the hurry up on. He thought, oh, I have to get out in front and dominate this race from day one, from moment one as soon as he could. And he stuffed it two or three times. But when, when the opportunities provide themselves to Lewis, he came through and drove a spectacular race. And he's a seven-time world championship now, and he's got a better record than anyone else ever driven. Mm. Um, and good on him. Good yeah. on him. He's, he's good. I mean, if most people were in that car... Um, we had, I watched a race with two friends last night and there were some heated discussions going on about um, he's never really had a teammate that's been able to push him like a Daniel Ricciardo versus Max Verstappen type turnout. And those discussions are out there because this is F1, it is our sport. Yeah, You know, you put most guys in that car and they're going to win eight world championships as well. But... Um, I think I think he's genuinely can't take anything else from him. Well, you have to look at this race in particular, and yes, you can say it's all about the car, but uh, the exact other car was 14th this this weekend yep. Uh, yep. in really tricky conditions, and not to take anything away from Valtteri Bottas, but it just says, yes, the haters can come out and say he's had the best car, all that sort of other stuff, and that's very true, yep. but he, yep. don't forget there was a period, he hasn't won all of these on the trot. There was a period there between his first year at McLaren and then claiming his second one with Mercedes where he wasn't winning in the Red Bull dominant era and he was still performing pretty well. Tommy T, your thoughts on Lewis Hamilton's seventh title? I think kind of touching on what Campy said, he's opportunistic and I don't think we've seen a driver as good as him mid-race making decisions outside of help from the pit wall. Like he makes his race decisions almost better than any other driver on track. Yeah. Yeah. To to reject what the pit wall is saying is pretty risky a lot of the time because they've got all the information, all the data sitting there. And he's making these calls going, nah, I'm riding this out. I can feel what this tyre's doing. I can see what's happening around me, which is amazing. Like, there's not many drivers that have done that. And it just shows because it really paid off for him multiple times this year, especially yesterday. And yesterday, he wasn't in the best car. There was two manufacturers better than him in Racing yep. Point and Red Bull. So he was in the third best car. He should have been fifth or sixth, and he won. So yeah. Can't no, take was, anything away. It was a mega drive. Uh, and, of course, we'll talk about the race a little bit more in just a moment. Boys, before we get into that, though, there's a few things that have happened before uh, in the, between our last podcast and this one. Uh, the announcement of another unnecessary Arabian track this time, uh, Jeddah. Saudi Arabia. Oh, jeez. Um, it'll be interesting to see the W Series race there, if they're allowed to. Um, oh, no, they are now, so that's only a recent thing. But um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, jeez, just Google, please, because uh, this is an absolute joke uh, of Formula One. Uh, you cannot tell me that after all of these, yes, the money is a big thing, but after all of these wonderful old tracks that we have been to, that you go, you know what, we need more money, let's go to a new track. If you'd actually asked some of the older tracks or some kind of organisation or sponsor or something else to get mm. behind something like Portimao 
or even Turkey or Imla or any of the new ones that we've gone to this year, so long as it's not Sochi, let's just remove Sochi completely from the calendar and everyone will be happy about that. Tell me, boys, that this is a good idea because I genuinely think it's, it's the most not. stupid idea I've heard from Formula One this year. And that's, yeah. you know, that's including the let's cancel the Australian Grand Prix with the fans <laughs> trackside. With minutes to go. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, why? I don't think there's going to be fans there like us. It's going to be corporate. So that's the first problem I see. It's it's not an exciting track. I don't know why we're going there. It doesn't really have anything to do with F1 other than just money. Yep. So that's exactly it. It's literally just literally money. Just money. And we have seen tracks like Abu Dhabi be incredibly boring because they're just about money. For me, the end of the Formula One World Championship is always in Brazil, and Abu Dhabi Brazil. is like the bonus race where whoever gets announced to go <laughs> and no test the car for next year. That no one wants to go to. And no one wants to go to, as no you said, Campy, a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, no, go on, Campy. No, politically, it's left egg on F1's face. Yep. Because there's been some outrage in the public about their human rights history. I don't know anything about it. Uh, not that they have human rights over there. That's about all I know. <laughs> um, no, but... They, right. <laughs> this year they've taken a tact and they've gone to do the social social diversity thing, which is fine. That's their that's their prerogative to do so. As a fan, I wish they kept politics and all that social stuff out of sport and let the sport be the bridge that it needs to be in the particular areas that they go. That's how I personally think the sport should work. But now they go and do, make a decision like this, and we know it's about money, and they're getting some backlash. They can't have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. They can't sit here and try and be the moral high ground for all of society and then laugh in the face at the business that they do, not with Saudi Arabia, with many other countries on the grid, USA and China included in that and the dumb shit that they do around the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... You're right. You're so right. No, yeah. but, when it comes, but when it comes down to... What we want as fans, we don't want to see that crap. And when they make decisions like this, they open themselves up to be an issue. Now, they've taken the tact and Chase Carey came out and said, oh, we think the sport needs to be a bridge. But unfortunately, you can't call the other stuff out and not call this stuff out. These people need to grow some fucking spines because people aren't stupid. They ain't buying your Kool-Aid that you're trying to sell us. We have... We have brains. We have an understanding of what's going on in the world. Don't lie to us. Be honest. This is a commercial and it's a monetary thing to these people. The fans come second to all of that sort of stuff. Yep. And this decision that they've made is utterly stupid. Sort your shit out, Chase Carey. I thought you'd done a pretty good job this year. 100%. But this decision you've made as the last last thing that you're going to be remembered before you step down from your role at the moment just says to me, what the sport's really about, and we all know that now. And yep. we, as fans, will still enjoy it, but just shut up. Don't. No one wants to hear about how you think we should do life. We don't need another Keep street to circuit. To, to be fair, and you know, yes, it's from a business point of view. Formula One is hurting this year. They haven't been able to charge nearly the normal amount of money they normally yep. charge tracks. But you know what? Who cares? Like seriously, guys, you have had so much money for so long, and oh. all of the stuff, the goodwill from the Bernie era that was bought in by Liberty Media. Look, Dominicali, this is our call to you. Cancel that track before it's even happened. It doesn't even look like we're going to Hanoi. It doesn't even look like Vietnam's going to be a track. So no. the people who um, poor, yeah. made poorly Formula One 2020. <laughs> be very pissed that their uh, hard work for that track uh, no longer exists. Which which on the racing games looks like a cracking track, looks it like does. a driver's circuit. It really does. Um, why they would choose to get rid of that, we don't know. <laughs> there could be some issues with the 
the Vietnamese government. We're not too sure, but because like, Albon's not going to be in the sport. <laughs> sort uh, hedging their bets. Sort it out. Yeah, it looks. It, it doesn't. It doesn't bode well with us. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure on people now. Like Lewis Hamilton are receiving a lot of pressure from the media, saying you need to call this stuff out. You can't. You yeah. can't. It has to be all or nothing. Uh, and he doesn't need that. You know, his cause is significant enough. This is a silly decision that wasn't even on everyone's radar up until two weeks ago, and then suddenly everyone's like, "Surprise, we're going to Jenner." Everyone's like, "What? Worst hey. surprise Ooh. ever." No <laughs> yeah, put it back. <laughs> Take it back to the shops. Get a refund. I'm not even interested. Uh, uh, all right, Sorry, lads. I'm having some technical difficulties. I'll just uh, change my headphones over. Let's uh, before while Hot Campy's enjoying his technical difficulties, uh, like last week. And apologies for uh, last weekend. I should say his podcast. If uh, you had some poor audio quality while he's not listening, he's got the headphones out. Uh, <laughs> it's all his fault. Nothing to do with me. I did my best to make it and sound as good as I, I could. saved it by saving the video. Oh, I tell you so. what, we had almost had to redo that entire podcast, but that's okay because he's back. He's got headphones. Let's talk about. Tommy T, the fact that, that? Bernardo, mate, you are beautiful. You look so more, beautiful. more you, you look than great. you ever than you ever been. Um, maybe you're born with it, or maybe it's Maybelline. It's definitely not that. Uh, guys, uh, I'm a stud. <laughs> Ferrari did well this weekend, and that's because Bernardo yeah. wasn't there. Where's um, Wally got clearly. lost? He did. We couldn't find him ahead of the weekend, which was Great result. Uh, which is a fantastic result. Uh, seriously, though, uh, this is this has been an interesting move by him. He's obviously wanted some leave, and that's fair enough. Uh, it's also the only working hard. It's also the only race that I've heard uh, Team Radio between Seb and his engineer that actually sounded pretty jovial and pretty chilled at the end of the race. I don't know if you uh, you heard, but Seb said to his race engineer, "Did you see the start?" And the race engineer was like, "Yeah, man, that was cool. Like it was really good." I'm like, "My goodness, there's actually a personality on the end of this microphone. Unbelievable! <laughs> They're not just checking everything all the bloody time." But the one <laughs> thing I want to discuss about Bonotto uh, for this weekend, guys, and in the lead up to this race, is the news that. Uh, a couple of weekends ago, we were talking about Haas and how they might have two brand new Ferrari juniors in those seats. And now it looks like uh, that's not going to be the case. And there's reports going around that Bonotto is saying there's only spot for one Ferrari junior in Formula One next year. Now, my money's on Mick Schumacher going to Haas. Uh, yep. But what it does do compared to our last podcast is it opens up the ability for Checo and for Hulkenberg to be back in Formula One for 2021. Good. Which is great. Both of them should be in the sport. It'd be ridiculous if we got an influx of young talent over that. And especially considering Ah. the uh, performance of Checo for this weekend. Uh, But Tommy T, uh, you're still betting on Checo Perez going to Red Bull. (sighs) I think he's just a good... He's a good teammate for Max. I think he's going to do exactly what we want from Red Bull. He's going to give those... Well, we saw Albon in those situations, say, this week where he was kind of coming from behind, he was rear gunning. Perez is going to be perfect for that. We know he's good on tyres on those alternate strategies. That's exactly what Red Bull's going to want. They don't necessarily need – I mean, Hulk could be great at that too, but they don't need another A driver. Perez is a really good alternate B-plus kind of driver just doing different stuff. So I reckon that would be a perfect compliment to Max. Yeah, to be honest, I think this weekend he was almost A- minus with how he uh, yeah. managed those tyres. Interesting stat I heard this morning as well. He is the only driver, apart from the person who won a world championship on the grid, that has scored a point in every race that he has started. Isn't that a genuinely 
amazing statistic that is just wow. he and Lewis Hamilton have scored a point in every race that he has started. Incredible. This year. Incredible. This year. Incredible. Yeah, this yeah, year. Incredible. Yeah. But like you think about the rest Huge. of the field and everything else that's going on, this is a guy who's consistent. Yeah. So, Campy. Hulk. Oh, I, I heard some – no, not – I heard some rumours about uh, Red Bull actually. Yep. Red Bull's actually Thai-owned. A lot of it's Thai-owned outside of Dietrich Massachusetts. So um, there, there is some um, weight to the credibility that Albon might stay on next year, which I totally don't understand. We've spoke about that at length. But but Hulk, uh, we, I think we need to see him in the sport. Um be great at a Haas, and he'd also be great at a Red Bull. Yes, just whatever team is going to actually take him. Yeah, um, and we don't know what that team will be, uh, but we we'll, we wait wholeheartedly on those decisions. I don't think it would be smart to get two first year drivers into a team like Haas, and the two positions are really between Mick Schumacher and Callum Eilat. Um, I don't think we need to rush Mick Schumacher into F one next year. He's got to drive at some stage. Yep. Um, I I mean, the championship over there has been pretty inconsistent from both drivers at times. Um, Mick Schumacher's start to the year was terrible. I think after the first three races, he didn't have any points, but then he's picked it up, whereas Cal Milot's had some things not go his way, which has uh, made him second in the championship, but that's motorsport sometimes. I think over the course of the whole year, I think you'd take lot over Schumacher, but this is Mick Schumacher, and he will get a spot in F1, so we'll see what happens, and we wait with a bit of anticipation, really, but Hulk will be a good a good, uh, good mentor slash um, measuring stick for both those guys when yep. they step into F1. Yep, you're not wrong, and I think, uh, as I said on the chat for the Discord channel, that uh, Joss and Max Verstappen have been hinting at Hulkenberg uh, because of some ties there, which is great for him too. So he's still relevant, and they would, right? That's they a cool would probably thing. Pref- they would probably prefer um, Hulk to Sergio. Yeah, mm. and that's that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. All right, boys. Well, uh, we started this new part of the podcast last time around. This time around, we've got a question from Glenn for the listener question for the boys. Glenn asks, there are rumours that each season may have a couple of one-off races that aren't always on the standard calendar. What are your views on there being a rotating door of different feature races each year? And it helps to spice up the action and shake up the calendar. Well, we sort of just spoke a a little bit about that, didn't we, in talking about Jeddah and how good this year has been. But... Uh, to, to Glenn's question, Campy, uh, this year has almost been that exciting revolving door of random tracks thrown in. Uh, what are your views on that being the norm going forward? Well, they've done it previously with the European GP um, taking place at, at various tracks like that. So it's something they've tried before. I just think I would like to see it as a fan, want to see it. I just don't think it works in the sense, moving forward from a monetary perspective about the way that F1 runs as an organisation like that. For a track to be an F1 accredited track, you actually need a lot of investment to keep them up to scratch um, to the current regulations and safety and safety procedures that they put in. And I just think for a track to do something once every five years, it's probably not worth the money. Mm. This year's been good in the sense that... um, We've had the chance to go and race at some of those tracks, and we've had some incredible racing. I think Magello, we should see Magello every year. I think that should be a staple. Um, but whether or not you take that away from Monza, I mean, yeah. now we're getting into which country gets – it is a global sport. Do you want a country to have three or four races because they do have amazing tracks and then move – and mm. then take away some of the opportunities from the other 
You know, the other, like Azerbaijan, what a, what a great track. Like Sydney Motorsport you know, Park. Yeah. <laughs> what a great track. Yeah, <laughs> to- totally. So I don't think I'd like to see it, but I, <laughs> I don't like to see it, but I think it's going to work. And, mate, F1's never moving from Melbourne. Not a chance. <laughs> well, just, uh, the, uh, if, you, if you're Australian, you follow along to V8 Supercars. We've cancelled Adelaide completely now. So there you go. Tommy T, what are your views on having an open-door calendar? Oh, I kind of like it. I think what you'll see is countries or cities really save up their money and put a big bid on for one year. And they go, we're going wholehearted. We know we can't get it all the time. We don't have enough money to do that. But we do have a track that's serviceable, that ticks all those boxes, like can't be said. And they'll load up and they'll try and do one race every five years. Something like that. Yeah. Could be really interesting. And then that keeps it interesting. We've got this kind of one wild card race every year that's just to the highest bidder. Um yeah, and it just keeps it spicy. And indeed, for this next season, 2021, the calendar has been announced. TBC is on there as uh, around race four. Who knows where? We know that it's not mm. Vietnam that we're going to. Uh, so, look, one of these tracks this year, it could even be Turkey, one of these tracks this year that, that has come to the floor might be able to get some money together for next year. But, Glenn, thanks very much for your question. Uh, Turkey's if- surface would be good by then. You, yeah, maybe we're after lots after 364 days of running rental cars over yes. it, only at night time. Uh, but thanks for your question, mate. If you want to ask us a question, please feel free to write us in or uh, DM on Instagram. Help put in the podcast. All right. Well, it's my favourite part of this podcast. Uh, and Campy's. And Campy's least favourite part of the podcast. It's Tommy T's television broadcast review. Tommy T, what are your thoughts for this weekend? <laughs> Firstly, we had a lot of Karuk talking about nothing. <laughs> he was it shocking. Was, it was He's talking about qualifying. I, I couldn't even figure out what series he was talking about. <laughs> I think he's making them up. I think this is his own personal joke. He's trying to see what he can get past us. He's making up random series of racing that just don't exist. Just waffling on. Anyway, that's Santa Karun. <laughs> this is what happens when they put him in that Skypad kind of race review Role, he just feels like he's got some information to give across, and it's all useless. Um, we had Ted with the line of the race oh. with Slippy McSlipface, <laughs> oh. and then he made a call about Max Verstappen oh. being about fifty-two years out on the track. <laughs> he had some rippers. Oh. He was on fire. fire. That was great. On fire. Yeah, good boy, Ted. Um, yeah, and then can, can I'll we hand- mention that. Hand over to Go. James for the flyover. We oh. had a ripping flyover. Oh, well, how good was that? Uh, Ted, I will pick you up. It's an F-16, not an F-18. Yeah, 16. What say. did he say? Uh, F-18. But you know Ooh, what? He was only yeah. two numbers away, so I'll uh, I'll <laughs> relieve him of that. But if you haven't seen this, head on to the Oz F1 Twitter. Uh, we retweeted the jet really coming out of nowhere at, uh, at very, very high speeds, uh, very close to the sound barrier to scare the living crap out of all of the Formula 1 drivers on the grid, including <laughs> our boy Danny Rick. But all of them were like, <laughs> just like <laughs> it's incredible. Um, love the fo- and it, then proceeded yes. to do about twenty minutes of flying. Incredible, really low. Ugh. Incredible. I, there was just people on Twitter like, saying, "Can this plane piss off?" And I was like, "Can you piss me? off?" This was honestly whoever this pilot was, mate. Ten Off-star. out of ten out of ten. Seriously, incredible talent. See this spot here. We want you on the podcast. Right Zero there. fear. <laughs> yep. Uh, call us one three hundred Oz F one. That works we'll in every in. country. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the feeling. I got the feeling is one of those guys that got the opportunity to do like five minutes. He's like, nah, fuck this. I'm doing 15. 
What are you going to do? Oh, yeah, good. Oh, yeah, was, that was brilliant. It was very good. Um, uh, and we'll t- we'll write the anthem, Campy, this week. Uh, your uh, rating of opera out of ten. Oh, mate, oh, I think the Russian anthem this year, 12 Guys Acapella, was beautiful, followed closely <laughs> by the Italian one. Oh, mate, oh, I think some, I think some of the uh, national anthems we've, we've heard this year have been the worst of all time. <laughs> but this weekend, this weekend was pretty good. I enjoy it. Like, I'm a muso. I'm into that stuff. But it was probably the second best anthem of the year for me. Second best. Yeah, Russian was the best. Then the Turkish one, that was good. Then I'll put the Italian one behind that. At, at one point, it looked like it was, like was lip syncing because the camera was just so far out of sync with uh, with the uh, what he was singing. So maybe he was uh, controversy, right. but uh, no, yeah, epic, epic weekend. It was good. I reckon let's give it an eight out of ten. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I have good. to I have to be honest though. I am genuinely sick of radio calls over Ted. Let's just oh. make a pact now, right? I don't care what team radio it is. I don't care if it's Lewis Hamilton saying my engine has exploded. If Ted has got something Nothing to report, is more interesting. that is what I want to hear. I don't want to yes. hear anything else. There's no two sex, Ted. Just put it up on text on the screen. Leave it with that, right? Yeah. In- incredible stuff from Ted this weekend. I want to see more uh, and maybe him going into uphill at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, now, Let's bring a kiddie ball to the Oz GP yeah, next year. Make him jump in it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so solid 8 out of 10 for the TV review. Fantastic. Boys, the other news that we've got is the W Series uh, has been announced, which is a female-only Formula 3 event. Uh, they're doing eight support races over this uh, next calendar I should say we've also seen Formula 2 and Formula 3 split uh, and they're not all sharing the same tracks for next year I think it looks Uh, like a bit of a silly idea to be honest it's mm. all about cost saving Um, but we're missing some epic tracks from both of these calendars for example one series is going to Spa and the other one's not one's going to Monza and not stupid idea Uh, but honest like genuinely I'm excited for the W series because it's it's something Mm. that I think really needs to, to happen and have an opportunity and just put all the naysayers to bed. But more racing, boys, more I'm, racing on a weekend. I'm not an accountant, see. but how does that save money going to different races? So the thought process is Formula 2 and 3 teams oh. run two different cars, right? So two different yes. teams, yeah. but not everyone. limited on... They're limited on personnel for each team as right. well. I think F2 is 12 personnel and F... Sorry, F3. F2 is 12 personnel, F3 is 8 or 10, mm. and you get a lot of crossover between the two as well. Right. So, so um, in, in one of the good points from Karun this weekend, he did say quite correctly that engineers get cars to work on. It's like one car. So this is your F2 car for the year. Yep, no worries. This is your F3 car for the year. Yep, no worries. There's not a really a lot of crossover except for maybe tire mechanics, fuel, truckies, yep. you, know, main, you yep. know, background maintenance, that sort of stuff. So in the actual specifics of it, I'm not sure it's going to have the intended outcome. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that I wanted to note was Oscar Piastri, uh, has been testing a 2018 RS18 Renault Formula 1 car, which is very, yep. very good. He, he had a great time and it looked like he had a lot of fun, but also he was performing. Um, he hasn't announced for F3. He wasn't testing for F3 for this year. So all things would be pointing that he's going to Formula 2 for next year. Uh, not that that's been announced, but that's oh very boy. exciting for us. Mm. He'll, have, he'll have Renault backing too. Yeah. In that particular test, Guangzhou, I think, did 180 or 500 kilometres so he could get his super licence as well. Yeah. So Guangzhou looks like he's got a Renault seat. 
pretty much locked in in the future if Ocon doesn't mm. perform next year. Yeah, and he's a good driver. Like, mm. if you've seen him in, in F2, it's like, dude, you're actually he's performing. Had, he's had some results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not consistent, but, like, to be honest, no one in Formula 2 has been consistent yep. at the moment. So, yeah. Interesting to see what Oscar does mm. for next year. So, I, I look, I hope that's a thing. But, yeah, the W Series is coming to Formula 1 to support races. I'm very excited about that. That is awesome. All right, boys, let's talk about the race itself, the Turkish Grand Prix. Uh, driver of the day. Tommy T, your driver of the day. I'm going to go Seb. Good. Tommy? Uh, Tommy T. I've done you. Can't uh, be. I've already been. I would have given it to Leclerc if he didn't bid it on the last <laughs> lap. So, no, because you think about he had Leclerc's a great start. Race, yeah. You think about his start, he was way back in like 17th or, uh, 17th or 18th and drove, drove the wheels off that thing. And made, I mean, he made he made Sebastian Vettel look second rate again, um, but he bended in the last lap, so I'm giving it to Seb. Yes. Yeah, I'm giving it to Seb too. That opening lap from him was magnificent. Oh. Set him up for the whole race. Yeah. And uh, Charles' radio at the end, he was like, it's like a roller coaster, but it's very high. Very, it's like he was going through the Ferrari world at Abu Dhabi roller coaster. He was like, I'm so stupid, but well done for Seb. He's had a really bad year, and I'm glad that he's happy again. But I'm really angry with myself. And I'm so stupid, but I'm well done for the team. <laughs> So his maturity's come a long way from back in the early days. But uh, so funny, he's like, and then because you could see him coming through turn one, and he oh, was just like not. banging the steering wheel. <laughs> He'll come off into the pit lane kind of exit area. Anyway, he so, it. so Seb, good. He also got driver of the day for the entire race as well, which is fantastic. All right, let's talk about qualifying um, before we get into the <sighs> actual race because uh, there was a big incident that Michael Massey uh, needs Can't be to. Smart. Needs to talk to us about because uh, the cars were released in Q2 while there was still a crane on the track. And of course, 2014, Jules Bianchi did not, uh, did not go well. And of course, a really sad moment for the sport. Uh, people like Marcus Ericsson were tweeting saying, seriously, guys, have we not learnt from this? Mm. Now, Massey's come out to say that uh, the trackside marshals have said that they were clearing the truck away. So they were going to move. So they let the cars out. Then suddenly that didn't happen. Just wasn't okay. It wasn't. It uh, wasn't sat. We've seen two instances of race control releasing cars in an unsafe manner with marshals on the track. These guys are volunteers, and you know, generally people too. So, not really a good idea to do that. Uh, it was a bit of a bad weekend for them, and they wanted to push all of the decision making to the end of the qualifying or the end of the race. Campy, look, ninety nine times out of a hundred, things aren't going to happen. It's the one time that it does where you have incidents like your Jules Bianchi, which is super tragic. Mm. And we, we've F1 gets this stuff right all the time. Traditionally, when they make changes, they get it right. This year, they have stuffed, it, have stuffed a lot of these little things up that they consistently get right over the year. I know there's some circumstances, but not good enough, sorted out. Yep. Michael Massey, he's been a dud this year. <laughs> Absolute dud. He should be my whipping boy. My whipping boy. Whip, whip, whipping boy. <laughs> as a fa- no, as a fan, we want to see some consistency. I know they were trying to, they were rushing because they had a small window to get qualifying done because they could see the weather, they could see what it was gonna, what was gonna happen, and all the drivers came back in and said that was pretty sketchy. That was, you know, I think, I think under um, under the last guy, his name eludes me at the moment, uh, Charlie Whiting, he would have just called. He would have he would have called it off and said we'll just yeah. do it tomorrow, and um, that's the experience we just get. But I mean, you still got to have some trust in him, but just get it right, figure it out. 
Next yeah. year you're going to have yeah. to come out and have a zero mistake all year. We want consistency in this. I mean, I don't love the safety aspects like the halo and stuff, but doesn't really affect the on-track racing, does it? So no, move we forward. Move, <laughs> we moved pretty quickly past Halo, didn't we? I think everyone yep. got over it. Tommy, yeah. I just think it's inexcusable. Obvious. There's a crane on, don't release. Yeah. They they were sitting there. There was no need to release. I don't know. It just seemed really stupid. And kind of something that they should come out about and go, hand up, we stuffed up here. Because yeah. what they're not doing all year is admitting their fault which makes people angrier. If they go, you know what, we miss one, we really stuff this up, we'd probably let some of the other stuff go. But because it's constant, little things all the time that we can't figure out, they won't explain why, yep. we're just getting more frustrated. The drivers are getting frustrated and the fans are probably more frustrated than the drivers. Massey well, did say that he, you know, if he did it again, he probably wouldn't have done it that way. But it's like, mate, just don't do it to begin with. You definitely shouldn't have. Yeah. Well, even the, the Lando kind of penalty was very right. like – very, very odd ruling because Lance Stroll got off Stroll and did the same right. thing. Yeah. Very, very interesting. But just how that came out, apparently it's a very, very, very minor um, subsection of the rules. But yeah, you but, don't get that explained to us. Uh, yeah, but it's So like, we're kind of confused and just like, are you guys just following your own rules and making it up as you go along? Or is there some kind of rule book back there that you're following is what we feel <laughs> like. But it's like Max Verstappen leaving the pits. I will investigate this after the race. Yeah. And he crossed, the, he crossed the white line. It's like, well, hang on a minute. There is a rule there in price that you, when you exit the pits, you don't cross the white line. Do yeah. it, does it have an effect on the race 99%? Of the time, absolutely not. But there's a rule there for some reason because of because of safety. Yeah. Now Max clearly drove over the line, and they why they said I oh, will do it after the race. I think it's a dumb thing anyway. It didn't so affect stupid. anything. Don't penalise him as a fan, yeah. but I want consistency. Yeah. He clearly yeah. ran over the line, so give him his freaking penalty. Yeah. Well, our starting grid wasn't up till ninety minutes before the race because we didn't know how many penalties had to shuffle out because. Ugh. of people improving on yellow flags, all these kind of things that were happening yep. 90 minutes before a race is not good enough to get our starting grid. Look, yeah, boys, it's ridiculous. I reckon, I reckon we, uh, I reckon we raid the, uh, the judicial's box at the Oz GP next year. Go take, it take over, over. Take over for the day, see what happens. Race director Campy, I'm here for that. <laughs> start, a, start a coup. <laughs> Hamilton, <laughs> you're a dickhead to the back. <laughs> Black and white flag, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Just blue flag uh, yeah. from the start. <laughs> look, it just, just disappointing, to be honest. We expect a hell of a lot more from these officials. And look, yep. it's, we're not saying it's easy. We're not. No. But you're in the public domain. This is the public domain. And we're criticising you. Don't do it again. Be yeah. better. It's not hard. Be better. And Be we better. won't have to do this. Be better. That's what we want. All right, boys, let's talk about our team-by-team team analysis as we always do. This time, I'm going to start with the double DNF of our favourite drivers who are not going to be in Formula 1 next year. It's Haas, <laughs> K-Mag and Grosjean. However, sucking in, in qualifying. Didn't, didn't cause any safety cars. There were zero safety oh, cars sorry. in this race. These guys, both DNF, they could have crashed into Lewis or someone else or had some kind of massive effect on it. K-Mag, we're relying on you, mate. This is what we wanted from you from which, later in the year. Which one broke Monza. down in the pit lane? You could have just came out. Exactly. Just finish on the track, dude. Give dude, it doesn't matter if your tyre's not on properly. Just go around the corner just and just beat yourself. Yeah, go and find go some rocks and beat yourself and just into cause it. trouble. Anyway, Grosjean spun at least twice, I believe. <laughs> there could possibly yeah. be a third, which I'm forgetting yeah. about. Genuinely great, underrated great part of Turkey is that great you can spin <laughs> and not hit walls. It's that a big enough true. track. Yeah. It's actually pretty yeah. good. So yeah. 
here for that. You spin on your way to the uh, start line and then you have to get a truck to come and get you. Juvenazzi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at least you're good enough to stay around next year. Uh, yeah, Haas, just disappointing. I, the boys, obviously, I mean, everyone's just disappointed that whole thing. Gunter must be gritting his teeth, as you said last time. Can't, can't be to just see out the rest of the year and move on for the next regulations and have a new motor that it's actually any good. Uh, Williams, uh, my uh, favourite Canadian on the grid, <laughs> getting lapped twice is like no classification. As soon as you... Look, if you're lapped more than once, that's it. You should retire. You should that should be retire. a rule. Because yeah. just get out of the way. Yeah. Man. Like, just you're burning seriously fuel. not having well, a good I thought time. we were about sustainability. You're just burning fuel. Get <laughs> off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, eventually, after he tangled with Grosjean, I was like, oh, safety car? No, nothing, because they didn't hit each other hard enough to put some debris on the track. Come on. Unbelievable. But seriously, George didn't get out of Q1. George and his started weekend, on the Inters. That was hey, his kind of secret uh, weapon. Russell, Russell, Russell ran in P11 for a long time, and then the he did. Then he had to pit. Mid-pack just swamped him. Yeah, yeah there was well, a lot of whomping going on. What do you think on. about that starting from the pit lane? That was a choice. More than anything. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's better than starting from the back, isn't it? That's basically Whoa. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Sure. Yeah. Except you got tyre blankets on, I guess, and you're yeah, dry, dry Yeah, you've area. got tyre choice he was then. always going to catch up just as quick as he was if we started at the back or not, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter, yeah. does it? They yeah, should just do that every race. And go, you well, know is that because he, he changed his tyres on his uh, from? In between Correct. the outlap. Well, and no, because he had because he had uh, that time of oh, finding yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah. He was Sorry like, "Hello, he, yeah, that's two races in a row. At least he's consistent." Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's making some rookie errors at the moment, <laughs> but he's alright. Yeah, he'll right. get there. He'll get there. We like George. Hey, boy. it's he's only raced around cars for like three races now, and he's making mistakes. So <laughs> 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 he's had fifteen where he's just been testing for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Permanent blue flags. <laughs> uh, Poor that's, that's so funny. I look forward to when he's up the front finally and he's overtaking someone, sees a blue car, blue flag rather, and just slows and pulls us over. <laughs> hang on, hang on, stop for me. Stop for me. Stop for me. Like Lewis when he went into McLaren's uh, pit. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's one of my favourite videos to watch. He comes uh, in, he's like, what? No, I'm not in his team anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, Alfa Hey, I was disappointed with Kimmy this weekend. I thought oh. this, these conditions, like it would be meant for him and he was going to be on fire to see himself all the way through. He ended up in 15th, which uh, was almost the back of the uh, – in fact, it was the back of the, the people – sorry, ahead of George. Mm. But come on, come on, Kimmy. You're this, better than this. This race was a tale of two races, really, like the first half and the second half. Mm. First half, the conditions were so bad. True wets. And the – and the cars were fairly even. The only cars that were out in front were the racing points because they could warm their tyres up. Every yep. other car couldn't warm their tyres up. No, so that's true. You, you saw these star drivers, like you said, and your Kimmies running up in the top tens. Yeah. But the second half of the race, when these cars turned on, you saw the Renaults that was crap this weekend drop back and teams like your Alfa Romeos and your Kimmies just didn't have any pace in the car. James um, sent this to in the, the Discord. He was half. like, those Ferrari powered cars are really good because they can't spin their wheels in the wet. <laughs> 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 they couldn't spin, so they were fine. Not enough torque. Exactly, they were ripping. How- how was Kimmy though going out of like there's a slight kink, slight right kink up to three, is it? Uh, in qualifying when it's getting out, like just after the red flag, everyone's trying to get out again. He was like sideways this way, and he came back, <laughs> and he was like facing the right direction again. I was like, How did you do that? How is this guy doing like it's like a ridiculous speed? And it was probably just like with a pinky doing that. 
in fact, when Max spun during the race, spun during the race rather, uh, I always was expecting him to do the Hockenheim thing of yeah, like the full three sixty. Like yeah. I'm still on it. Anyway, yeah. um, well, he did yeah, that in he did that in Brazil uh, two or three oh, years ago as well. He spun oh, on the front straight and did near the wall. Even his spin with Paris, he bloody kept that out of a wall. He was going fast there. I don't know how he did it. Ridiculous. We'll, we'll get on to him in yeah. a second. Uh, but Giovinazzi uh, obviously didn't found the wall ahead of his timeout um, and just wasn't having a good weekend. But he's got a little bit more breathing room ahead of this time next year where I'm sure he won't be confirmed for the following year. Alpha Tauri <laughs> uh, did not have a good weekend. Pierre Gasly no. just couldn't put it together at all. He finished in 13th. Danny Kvyat finishing ahead in 12th. No points. Uh, it, this is definitely the tale of watching how specific cars do on specific circuits. Yeah. Campy, your favourite tale to tell uh, yeah. and they just weren't able to, to string it together were this, they this is my frustration with Kvyat he gets the job done over Gasly on tracks that yeah they score no points so he doesn't get any yeah. recognition for yeah. it you know I mean I think Gasly's been the better driver all year but yeah. when Kvyat does get the job done for he whatever reason score. he just doesn't score points <sighs> so he doesn't get the kudos he deserves so yeah. good on Kvyat he's you know I mean it's you know it's, it's a bit like you know it's 60% of the time, Gasly's going to get the job done. But that other 40%, Kvyat's right there. So, yeah. anyway, they, didn't no, show, they showed us zero this weekend. Oh. Yeah, it was a bit of bit of a nothing result, almost like Renault. Uh, DR, our boy, finishing intense. He had a spin uh, next to Lando. And I was like, Lando, if you've caused him to spin <laughs> properly and touched him, you're going in the bad books. Uh, he didn't. He was just under pressure there. But uh, this car did not suit this circuit at all, did it? And we it, know it they're very good on tyres. But, mm. yeah, it just couldn't hang on to those tyres. His interviews after qualifying, it was like, man, Jesus, that takes some days off my life. Tell you what, it's good for the fans, but I am bloody terrified slash exhausted. Um, I don't know if you saw their hands after the races. They had bruising all the way through their thumbs and across their forefinger. Significant. Incredible. But Danny Rick, though, in in the McLaren next year, similar kind of thing if we ever see it again, he'd be able to have a better time because they looked better. But Ocon, he's kind of nowhere this weekend as well. Sometimes mm. he was at the top of the timing chart and then the whole track would evolve again and he'd be pushed down to the wards in the middle. Uh, pretty unfortunate for well, him, really. Ocon had the better of Danny Rick all weekend, except when it came to Q3 and Danny Rick pulled it out of the hat and qualified That's when it counts. Danny Rick's yeah. start was unbelievable. Oh, and he just got caught in traffic. Uh, uh, he got, uh, well, if he'd gone the other direction, yeah. it would have been P2. No, yep. well, Max couldn't. Max Max was sliding to the right. So mm. he was so close to uh, to uh, Perez that Danny Rick had to get off the accelerator. Yeah. And then when he got back on, Double it got back. bogged down. But how yeah. was Hamilton's move on Danny Rick? He oh. just, he, he saw that. He saw that um, apex and just thought, I'm just beeline for Shut. that. And, you know, well, you could see it, it was poetry. On. It was poetry in motion, really. Yeah. I mean, you could see it from so way back. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately for Danny Rick, I mean, that Renault, as the track changed, he had zero pace. Mm-hmm. I think yep. the first half of his race, he drove spectacularly to keep it within um, Hamilton and... Um, like seven. And, and yeah. seven. But again... Renault's strategy was two laps too late, and he lost yeah, like yeah. eight seconds to Leclerc yep. and Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton just because he didn't get it right. Um, yeah. Because the team get, didn't get it right, I, I'd give them some 
Some, they've got some credits in the bank. They've got a lot right this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but this mm-hmm. time, I think they were just a bit too late to react. They thought they yeah. had more time than they did. But yeah. that yeah. car, to, for Danny Rick to finish in the points, good result for him. Yes. But again. Not good for the constructors. Well, this constructor's been mm-hmm. thrown wide open now with Checo getting a uh, well, podium. Yeah. I, I, so I believe uh, Racing Point is now in third. Mm-hmm. And Renault's still in second. But and McLaren made, fake chasing. For, for that yeah. third spot as well. Don't, I don't think don't they'll make it. No, they, they no. won't make it. But <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty interesting. Bit of a shame for Renault this weekend. But yeah. as we've seen, Danny Rick performs really well, gets a podium, has a well, race off, then comes got, back the week after. So next week, high hope we're looking Bahrain. to goods. Yeah. yeah, I've got high hopes for Bahrain, especially the second iteration where, yeah. we, uh, where we see that speed. I think he really put it on um, and definitely the chance for the podium yep. there. Uh, but I have to say... McLaren was looking good, not from a point of view of looking at the paintwork of the car because there was so much it mud on it, it turned into poo brown Ugh. orange. <laughs> they were the car that suffered the most from the mud, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But honestly, mega drive from Carlos Sainz in yeah. fifth, finishing in fifth, Lando in eighth. Uh, that car looks pretty well put together. We know the chassis is strong uh, and obviously the power unit changing over for next year. We've said this time and time again, Danny Rick's going to have a good time with that Mercedes mm-hmm. power. But uh, this is one of the instances where you go, yeah, I'm happy that he's moving across with a car mm-hmm. that's stronger and he can be a little oh. bit braver in the car would respond yeah. uh, like we saw Carlos. And look, mega drive from Carlos. He displayed today why he is deserving of going to a team like Ferrari, and they next both started year. with grid penalties as well. They were well back. Yeah, they were yeah. not anywhere near the front. You yeah. know, Zachy Brown came on Twitter and said that he was uh, very proud of them. So that means a lot. If Good Zach's boy, Zach. happy, then everyone's happy. Uh, your thoughts on McLaren, Tommy T? That's sorry, Campy. That's the second time I've done that. <laughs> we don't to even me. look the same. Yeah. Oh no, no! I'm looking look, at you. I'm looking at Campy, look, and then your name pops up. Good. Look, look, <laughs> Carlos's race was very similar to Lewis's. He just let the race come to them, and that second half of the race, that. That track and their car came to them, and you could see the moves that they made um, after qualifying. You, they would have been really nervous, going, "Geez, look at the Renault, you know, top seven, two cars in the top seven. Mm. You've got your racing points in top two. Geez, this third place in the constructors could be looking way out of reach for us really quickly. But um, that car just came alive really for them, yeah. and yeah. another two or three laps, and Carlos probably would have ended up." Possibly on the podium. Yep. That's how quick he was coming. Oh, he was yeah. coming. So, um, yeah, good to see from McLaren. Um, I mean, again, McLaren's strong part of the season was the was you know up from races like four to nine, where they got all of most of their points. But we haven't seen that car come back and perform on track the way it has mm. since then, really. So I'm hanging for um, that Mercedes power unit. I reckon that'll do wonders. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 You're absolutely right. Good on Danny Rick. So let's talk about Red Bull first uh, before we go through to the others. Uh, Max was on fire pretty much the entire weekend uh, up until <laughs> the very end, of course, in mm. Q3. Yeah. He was m- so dirty with himself uh, yeah. sitting by a bin. It's like, dude, you couldn't have chosen a better place <laughs> to sit next to for all the memes, but well done you. <laughs> uh, but ooh, disappointed for him. Th- this is certainly – like he, he was pissed, right? He was yeah. pissed out of qualifying and he carried that into the race. For me, if this was a – if he was in a title contention, I think he would have driven this race incredibly different differently. 
Yeah. Uh, but this time it's it's like I've got to show up and mm. it's all or nothing. It's literally all of my cards are on the table or, or I'm going home, yeah. um, which is why he did something as stupid as he did behind Checo. Yeah. Uh, he didn't need to. He could have been a little bit patient and I'm he would have passed Checo yeah. eventually. You know, this is almost like Danny Rick and Kvyat in um, – in Azerbaijan, when is like Danny, if you just reverse. waited, if you just <laughs> waited like half a lap, you would have been able to down the main straight. Totally. So that kind of patience, but I mean, that's where he's on, right? So he's driving, he's driving, he's driving. The dude is so talented. Like yeah. this guy is. I mean, everyone's praising Lewis. Yes, once Lewis leaves, Max is the driver of the next generation because yeah. his skill is incredible in this weather. And with a car underneath yep. him to perform like Lewis, man, that's that's where it's coming next. But. Uh, Tommy T, your thoughts on Max's performance? I genuinely think he was the best driver. This He was the fastest, let's put it that way. He wasn't the yep. best because he stuffed up a lot. I think his qualifying was better than anyone else's. Unfortunately, he just didn't have the best lap in Q3. He was getting the most out of that track as it was developing. It got better and better and better and better. And Stroll just happened to be right place, right time. Same with Checo, I think. Because to be honest, Max put in a more impressive lap when that track was wetter, I feel. Ugh. He was outstanding. His his yeah. throttle control when that track was truly wet mm. was way better than when it dried out and everyone was kind of having a bit more of a crack. So I think that kind of goes underrated, like how hard he was driving that car. He just couldn't put it together in, in Q3. I don't know if he had traffic or anything or there was a reason, but he still had a ripping lap. Destroyers was yeah. way better. He had a couple of moments which yeah. sort of robbed him of a couple of tents. But, uh, yeah. but then his <laughs> race, he just he just – Made those mistakes. Yeah, I was going to say, Silly. it's very Go reminiscent of some early Max sort of attitude <sighs> in terms of how he was driving. He lacked he lacked patience. It was almost like, this is my time. I have to do it now. I have to make <laughs> these moves happen now. But to his credit, I mean, he's, he was driving behind Perez for 10 to 15 laps going, I'm getting sick of this. That move he made was ballsy and oh, yeah. he almost pulled it off. Um, but he had to know it was slippery out there. You have to uh, know. Yeah, again, I just I don't I don't mind seeing that from Max. He's got mm. nothing. He's not fighting. He doesn't care about podiums. It's true. He wants wins, and when it's there, he's going to drive like the clappers in order to get it. Unfortunately, a bit of patience may have provoked. Would have the race would have come to him in the end. We yeah, saw yeah. how quick he was before. I mean, I think he did a one thirty-seven, which was yep. like three seconds faster than anyone else for the whole race. But then he caught up to his teammate and couldn't get past. So yeah. he had the pace to win this. I think he's yep. gutted. But again, the car's so unpredictable mm. Um, mm. on this track with conditions like this. I mean, you, you look at. You look at a couple of Valtteri spins, I was like, he did nothing wrong there. No. The car just went in. It wasn't set up and just yeah. stepped out on him. Yeah. It's, not yeah. like they, it's not like they did anything wrong. These things mm. happen. Mm. Um, I think Max forced his issues a yeah. lot more than what Valtteri did. But, yeah, unfortunately for him, he, I mean, he'll get it. He'll pull it together. He'll be a world champion one day and yep. this will all be history. Um, what about Albon? Yeah, it's, it's, we sort of said, if you're in our Discord chat, you know the moment where everyone was like, bye, Alex. It's just like, you know, we were talking in the beginning of the race, whether or not 
a performance today would mean a securing of his seat. Now, with tie investment aside for for Red Bull, um, you know, genuinely, I think they're going to want a faster driver that's going to be able to perform even with the money kind of thing. So take that out of it for the moment. He was on, there was a moment there where I was like, this race is coming to him. This is where we get to see his skill. This is where he's going to really prove to us to say, shut up, boys, you stupid mm-hmm. Australian idiots who st- sit in your living rooms recording a <laughs> podcast. You don't know how hard this is. This is how hard it is. Um, but, you know, as you just said, Campy about VB, the car, well, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. He's just, his inters were going between being intermediates to slicks and it yep. just stepped the, the front, let go and around he went. And genuinely that was, I think everyone was really sad. You even said at the beginning of the race that you really wanted this for Albon. You wanted a podium for him to prove that. Because it was on the cards. Does. Definitely. Genuinely was. Oh. Once Max made that mistake, it was yep. like, right, here Wide we go. Open. The second Red Bull needs mm-hmm. to be up there and on the podium. Uh, but yes, it was, it was like, oh, Alex, please. I just want you so badly to do well, but you continue to break my heart. Campy, what did you think of his performance? Uh, he was good all weekend. I mean, he qualified behind Max, but he qualified where he should have. Yeah. Start of the race. He got yep. the start. He made all the passes. Um the need to and put himself in a position to to potentially get a, get in control of that. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't. Well, he was actually in a position to help the team. Yeah, for once. Yeah, which was good. And, and look, we don't we don't like partying or celebrating these guys' failures. No, I mean, uh, except except Ferrari because we hate Ferrari and when they <laughs> fail, it's awesome. But <laughs> you know, we, uh, we don't want to see these guys fail. We want to see them perform. Yep. I love nothing more than the underdog getting up and giving everyone the big finger saying, no, I've got this, F you. Blah, it's very blah. Australian of you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But uh, it's just a shame. It's just a shame. He's yes. had his shot though. He's yep. had 18 months and – you know, you look at guys like Hulk who have had 10 years and never really performed or got the podiums that they should have got because yep. they haven't made the most of their opportunities. Albon's had 18 months in the second best car yep. on the grid and one podium to show for it. Unfortunately, it's just not good enough. Yeah, so interesting. They're pushing, they're pushing the decision right back to the very end of the season. So uh, maybe it is that, that time investment, as you said, Campy, yeah, that's coming are, into play. The other thing is, too, is that Red Bull are, are very, I think they're very aware with the decision they made with Gasly. Yeah. That yeah. the impact that it actually had on um, everyone. Yeah. And the psychology of the young driver as well. Mm. Um, in a perfect world, they would never have moved Gasly up when they did. Mm. Yeah. But out of necessity, they had to because, I mean, Gasly was racing Hartley and those two weren't setting the world a lot. No. So I think when they've done this with Albon, they've actually made a decision behind closed doors like, right, we're not going to shaft this guy publicly anyway. We're not going to do what mm. we did to him with Gasly. Um, you know, we need to give him the shot that he deserves. 18 months in a top team, you haven't, I mean, demoted or Goes from the sport, who knows? But they're not going to do it in a way that you know shoots the guy in the head publicly. No. It's Imagine not gonna if be... they put Brendan Hartley in that seat instead of Gasly, because he was just suffering because the car was pretty crap. But maybe, sorry, because the car wasn't what he was used to. But maybe the Red Bull, being different from the uh, Toro Rosso, would perform well. He's just a really yeah. lovely guy. Just Brendan maybe, Hartley's maybe, just a dude. Yeah. Maybe Hartley would have outperformed all of them in that top car and got. 
extracted pace out of it because of because of experience because yep. of his experience in other categories and the caliber driver he is. But he never got the chance. So no, but having a New Zealand on the grid would have been choice, as bro. Oh, choice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's talk about um, oh, Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> Welcome to NZF1. Um, <laughs> Josh Rebel, that guy's a star. Check him out on YouTube. Josh Rebel, best Kiwi in F1. It's, uh, his YouTube videos are incredible. Check is, him out. Is that the uh, the first unpaid endorsement <clears throat> after black and gold uh, sparkling water? Uh, no, I'm just I'm, I'm a fan. I just like this stuff. Yeah, uh, it's good. There's so much, there's so much out there. All right, let's talk about Ferrari because, uh, yeah, Charles Leclerc was driving incredibly well up to they the point cheated. where he wasn't, which was like three corners away from the finish line. They cheated. Uh, they of course, cheated. they probably. Uh, no, they didn't because Bernardo wasn't there. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, now he's got plausible deniability <laughs> for their there performance. It is. There it is. <laughs> I think the reason that Seb actually did well is because Bernardo wasn't standing behind all of Seb's engineers. Like, don't you dare. Yeah, they still stuffed up one of his things from the wall. They still stuffed up one of his pit stops. I feel like they Uh, just held it there for a second. Like, ah, that was the guy at the back who had the little trolley thing in the back. He didn't didn't release it. He's on the tires. He's on on Bonanno's sabotage. Allegedly. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Alleged sabotage. We all know it's true, but the first time when it was like, bam, in, out, three-second stop, I was, I was like, like oh, my goodness, Ferrari are actually backing this guy. For, and then the second stop was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> they forgot which car As it you was were. that was coming in. The guy couldn't see the number quite properly. Um, but seriously, though, <laughs> both Charles and Seb outdrove that car this weekend. It yep. was an incredibly quick car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it should have been towards mid-pack, but it was nice to see Seb's experience actually account for something. Now, Ooh, he yeah. was gaining on Charles. He was definitely gaining on that racing point. Um, you know, and look, it was Checo's mistake coming out of that complex that allowed Leclerc to get past. But he, with his experience, played the correct line and the inside, waiting for that him to be outbroke, outbroken, outbraked by uh, Leclerc. And of course, old ties, he locked it up. And Seb's like, "Hello, <laughs> Stephen like Bradbury, perfect, oh, straight through." Stephen Bradbury, there you go. <laughs> that, what a reference, Sebastian Bradbury. Uh, <laughs> that's the, if you want to, James, you wanna can you do some your, photoshopping after this and put Seb's hand on that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I will actually. Our global, <laughs> photoshopping skills. Our global viewers will have no idea what we're talking about. Mate, everyone knows the only the only time Australia's ever really done anything that's not in snowboarding and Winter Olympics was Stephen Bradbury coming through and going, G'day, blokes, <laughs> yeeting himself across the line and winning. Three was, races in a row, people crashed, which nodded for him. Did you know that? Like the two previous races before the final, thing. people yeah. crashed so that he could even get into it. Here's a hot tip. He now has a craft brewery him plus 13 other million australians own craft breweries now it's really good anyway so that uh, one thing no for yeah. like stoked for said it was good for him yeah. i know yeah. it was sort of like this year for him was either going to be uh he was really going to show ferrari what they were, were missing and yep. uh it was it was sort of lining himself up for the next drive and it's so many haters that saying you know i can't believe perez is outperforming you and you're going i, I get that but i kind of still want both of them to be in the yeah. the you know, my mind still blows yep. that Daddy Stroll hasn't gone. Yep, both of you, Checo and Sebastian, in my cars. That's the, the good thing. Totally, yeah. Um, 
but really, uh, he it's been a good sort of outcome for him now. He, he might be able to carry this through to Abu Dhabi or Bahrain and pick up some pieces if something happens towards the front of the grid. Uh, but seriously, hats off to both of those drivers for yep. driving the pants off what is a very yep. average car for 2020. Yep. Uh, okay, let's talk about racing point because uh, Lance Stroll, he, look, he pulled it out of the bag. Uh, he, he did what Campy always predicts uh, and, you know, rubbish, 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 rubbish. Amazing. You literally predicted it. He peaked too early and then really just demolished himself pretty early on. But Campy, your thoughts of Stroll's entire weekend? Well, he's got form in the wet. He also qualified on the front row in Monza in a Williams uh, a couple of years back. So he's got some form. I think qualifying, he drove really well. Um, he extracted a, a second and a half more than what um, Perez did. That could come down to set up. You don't really know. And the first 40 lights of that race did nothing wrong. No. Controlled the pace. He was calm. I was even sitting with my friends last night. I was like, what are, you, what are we watching here? Yeah. <laughs> what are we watching? And I, I'm ruined because they're like, oh, Campy, you're going to have to hang your head in shame on the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> they're like, you're going to have to absolutely <laughs> eat a humble pie, which I was ready to do. Do like, they even uh, know you? <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. But uh, uh, I stayed firm in my prediction that he'd been it. No, he did nothing. <laughs> he did nothing wrong. No. He did nothing wrong. Um, I think he, he did nothing wrong. Good on him. Um, he drove well. Do it every weekend, mate. That's what we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Prove me wrong. I hope we meet one day and you say, Campy, you are full of shit and a dickhead. I really hope, I hope you do well, mate. That's what most people say when they meet Campy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lovable lovable larrikin. The cheeky smile, yeah. (laughs) No, look, it's, yeah, it's tough. Do it every weekend. But good on you. You showed what you're capable of this weekend. You did nothing wrong. You pitted and you didn't have the pace in the tyres that you should have had. It was an anomaly of a weekend. So correct me Um, if I'm wrong. The hmm. reason that they pitted him was because Leclerc pitted and seemed to be doing well on new inters. And they were like, at that point, both racing points were really falling away and Max was coming quick from third. So they were like, we have to do something. So they blinked. Little did they know that they probably could have lasted on those older inters because they were better. And just they couldn't switch those on because the track had dried up enough. They were coming straight out of blankets. There wasn't enough water left to cool them down. All those kind of things. They just didn't know. I mean, and every car's different. So it, it's bit, sometimes maybe a bit foolish to go, oh, look, they're on Inters. We can do Inters as well. It's not the same. Well, well, what happened was is Checo and Hamilton drove through the issues of the tyres yeah. and turned them into slicks, generated heat. Whereas Lance was complaining and they said, come into the pit. He's like, no, no, I'm staying out. This doesn't feel right. What are we doing? But then he ultimately pitted and it cost him the race. I don't know. Yeah. Look, they were worried about the tyres going on the end of the race anyway. Yeah. They weren't they were in no man's land. They didn't really know what to do. Because I don't blame them for pitting him. No. Because Campy, can't the inters balloon out if they do get too hot and swell? Yeah, well he Isn't had some graining. He, he had some well, when not really. We're not the, too sure. I, mean, I think the wets potentially have this thing where they can really expand out and balloon and then you're running on just the middle of the tire, not the outsides. Because they overinflate. Yeah. So the interesting thing about so this this whole thing for me is Stroll drove the absolute living crap out of that car too, way too early. So yeah. this is on the pit wall for not helping him manage his tires longer. Yeah, he didn't this, need that gap. No, and what we saw was 
you know, the, the winning strategy here literally was Hamilton and Perez's strategy of the first inters. Now, it's easier if you've got, you know, we were doing tie talk, but it's easier if you've got the first set of inters to hold them the rest of the race than what we saw with Stroll and put a brand new set of inters where the track is drying yep. significantly more than anything else because the first couple of laps, all it's going to do is grain the tires more yep. and really not give you any heat or any ability to get any of the traction that you're looking for. So if they had helped him manage his tires a little bit more, they would have been able to transition between the inter being an intermediate and the slick as we saw. I mean, uh, Hamilton's front left, if you saw when he was up in Park Ferme, was, was destroyed. Oh. Like, absolutely destroyed. But front, front right was a slick. Like, yeah. you just you could see the middle of it. So, yeah. I, I, I feel for Lance because, of course, as soon as he got in the mid-pack, he just lost his head a bit and he, mm. and he fell back. And, and that was disappointing. But... I was excited to see some bloody emotion out of the kid yeah. for the first time ever on anything. So he liked his job. Love it's that. incredible. I was I almost fell off the chair. Yeah. And it was good. You know, Lance has glimpses. He's just not consistent. And that's what frustrates me when you've got someone like mm. Checo next to him who is consistent, 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 and might not always have that ability to perform that high. Although in saying that, Checo on his last lap, who the spun in qualifying was already faster than Stroll in the first yeah. sector. So we could have seen I mean Max could have taken as well. So a number of things could happen. But, you know, hats off to Stroll. That's a massive confidence boost for him. Um yep. but Sergio Perez, like oh, what a drive. Huge. So stoked yep. for that guy. Uh, yep. Really wanted him to win, but seriously, he like was after so Hamilton. after qualifying too. He worked yeah. so hard and just couldn't. Yeah. He got impeded on that last lap, am I correct? Someone was in his way. It was it was Verstappen caught, like Verstappen right. pulled out and then he yeah. went he went bye-bye, yeah. uh, which was, you know, a bit of an issue for him. But didn't it ultimately didn't matter because his start was fantastic. Well, and he did say in the uh, qualifying interview to Mark Webber, also, love that. Big fan. Oh, more great. Like, more what a star. What, a, what a legend. But he did say he preferred to start in third than second, which genuinely was good. Worked yep. for him. On the racing line. Yeah. Yep. So really, like, honestly, top points for him. Uh, someone please employ this person next year. Uh, you know, if you go oh. back a year ago, we're going, nah, he's had his time. See you later. But this, this year, is he what has seen this year really with Hulk. shown. Oh, my like, goodness. Hulk should be here. Why is he not here? But and I hope that's not next year with Perez. No, but it also shows how good this racing point is. And so mm. Seb is very lucky when it becomes Aston Martin to be driving this package quite yeah. seriously because there's all, like chances like this to, to put it on pole yeah. and, and to get on to some podiums. Uh, okay, Mercedes VB, just really sad for him. Uh, it, it was almost, you know, that Lewis squeezed Danny Rick, out squeezed Ocon, uh, you know, Ocon span and a span and then VB I mean, was had like, to avoid. Oh, yeah. he did, and, yeah. and he did, and oh, just was like, you know, I think it was like four laps to go. VB yeah. was like, that's still too many. <laughs> that's it's gone. all right. It's that's all right. He's, he's taken more bad luck this year that he doesn't have to take next year because yeah, that first lap, that first lap was bad luck. Oh. Yeah, you know. And that the third, I know he had another spin on lap one where he made contact with someone, which was arguable. Elcon, yeah. <laughs> but that, 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 that third spin he had, I mean, that wasn't his fault. No, that car just wasn't. Let go. Just let go. Stepped out. I mean, it's tough. But again, he's putting all the bad luck he's having this year. Yeah. He's getting it out of the way. So next year he's going to have good luck all year. He's got another good good luck token in his pocket. Um, I would love to see, see the. Would have loved to see VB fishtailing all around those corners, though. He did. He did hold a lot of them really, really well. He was. He just like, went from fishtailing to doing a mad skid. 
<laughs> we did call it from the start. We're like, him and Kimmy would be the two wet weather specialists. Unfortunately, they were both at the back. The difference in pace, though, from Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton's on 48 mm. old lap, 48 old lap old tyres yeah. and doing a one, whatever it was, 40-odd. Valtteri's on a brand-new set of Inters and he's doing a 146. Yeah. Yeah. It just tells you how much um, car setup, the smallest difference changed that race. Yeah. yeah. And and it really was anyone's race, and congratulations to Hamilton because he drove it impeccably. But, I mean, if Bottas had stayed out, I mean, he's he's behind the pack, so he's trying things. He's yeah. like, oh, well, if I can find 10 seconds a lap here and get – I think he said it early. He's like, let's try something. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, sad for him uh, and for that side of the garage while there's absolute elation on the other side. But, you know, fair play to the dude. He walked up in Parc Ferme after Lewis jumped out of the yeah. car and came and shook his hand. So yep. this is not a guy who has any – like he's, he's probably frustrated himself or whatever else, but ultimate sportsman, ultimate gentleman, like yep. just, you know, yep. solid work. And, you know, he might be an adopted Australian because he of is. Tiffany Cromwell. Oh, yeah. So we love him. Yep. So well done, VB. Uh, you will come back next year, and I'm sure the next couple of races, I mean, you know, you're not going to win the World Championship anymore, but you potentially score some hey, points. Hey, you could do a Rosberg win the last three of the season because Lewis has locked it up. He might come out and win the last three, and the next year come out and win the first four. Fire off. Oh, there you go. How good would seven on the trot Ooh. to a Rosberg and – yeah, Mate, it was. That'd be exciting. Yeah, and then he starts. Then he starts to use some of his good luck credits after race four. That'd be good to see. <laughs> who keeps, who, who's in charge of these good luck credits? Have you got uh, like a system? No, Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the, it's, it's the, <laughs> What's the spreadsheet? It's the F one gods. It's the F one gods. I think the F one gods will frown upon Lewis at some stage. <laughs> they have to. I imagine yes. with Viking helmets as well. Oh man, look at Mark Webber. Oh yeah, Mark Webber was. Mark Webber for a stage in his career was genuinely considered had the worst luck oh, in yeah. Formula One yep. than yep. anybody. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, and that, sad. that move where he should have gone to Renault with Alonso was oh. the, probably the icing on the cake at the time. But yep. yeah, anyway, anyway, so there are F1 gods out there, and there are good luck coins and bad luck coins. <laughs> This is the world according to Campy. Please don't write in and ask for any. Uh, <laughs> of course, Lewis winning uh, and interesting. We spoke a little bit about him, obviously, up the top, but uh, he learned his lessons from previous potential winning and losing world championships. He had the offer of pitting for a new yeah. set of tyres, and he was like, nope, lost his championship earlier uh, in my uh, career pitting? from doing that. Uh, I'm not going to do that again. So, uh, look, it's really just a stellar drive. Um, watch the highlights if you haven't watched the race yet, but seriously, mega drive. Uh, awesome to see some some emotion from him too, and uh, some genuine authenticity coming through. Loved it. It was it was just a really solid set of interviews afterwards too. Fantasy. Fantasy. Boys, let's talk about our fantasy league because uh, we're getting towards the end and uh, I'm claiming this. Get in there. Uh, sadly, okay, well, let's, okay, Campy, where, do you want to talk about the three of us and who's leading the three of us? Well, who's back on top, boys? <laughs> <laughs> just re- just uh, resuming my number one position. <laughs> 
That's good to say. I mean, he's oh, 20th. But I think if you look oh, at who's leading, um, uh, the, the team name fans. is who's oh, leading is number oh, one. Oh, it's very let's, good. It's let's very go good. through. Tommy T, why don't you take us through the best team names as picked out by me? As picked out by the fantasy league. I just want to go with the first one. You can do the rest. Tommy's third team is coming first. Oh, Moxley. My man. Oh, he's okay. coming first. Uh, as I'm going to claim that as a win over you Yeah, two. of course you are. Yeah. Um, here's what's coming first. Uh, Albon Voyage, <laughs> Reardon, <laughs> strolling away, A Block, Dave Mullis. Honestly, mate, you've just got to settle down with these. I like my turkey <laughs> moist. <laughs> Josh Lauder, Cyril's Southern Cross tattoo. I love that <laughs> That's as well. very good. Jade Bankston, my team is graining. <laughs> just like Stroll's tyres. And H. Phillips, I give up. That's <laughs> just, right. just sentiment. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give it. Look, he, he's a young kid. He's about 12, 13. He doesn't have Foxtel, so he can't watch the race. So he's, if someone's got a free login for the kid. <laughs> Someone, uh, someone throw out. it up. I'm sure that's how this works, how uh, the multinational Foxtel just we'll just put that's the Oz F1 in details below. Here's our Foxtel Go login. Everyone yeah, login at sure once. That would do be it. fine. Uh, the, the podium at the moment are Moxley on 2,903 points, Jay Moore on 2,867 and Timmy Bowden. On 2,775, we have no chance of coming to top three, Ooh, no. uh, but uh, love it. Love <laughs> Genuinely, I was sitting there uh, this morning uh, looking through, scrolling through of those names, you made me laugh. Oh, there's so many more Genuinely. as well. Take take some time to go through and scroll through because there's many more out of the 64 teams uh, that are there. Boys, it's been a uh, it's been an incredible two weeks. Um, one thing I wanted to say uh, before we say goodbye, before our triple header coming up as we go down to Bahrain, is uh, a shout out to Ryan Mitchell. Ryan wrote in uh, an email through just saying big shout out to us and thank you very much for for doing what we're doing. But he wanted to know uh, whether or not we're going to develop some more content. And uh, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to just have a, a pre-announcement of what might be happening at the end of this year as we do some more content. So this is I... James's way of saying, "Boys, it's now public, and you have to Correct. step up." This is not just a text <laughs> message. This is something that's actually happening. Uh, the first, the first thing that we're going to be doing is more video content. So we're going to chop out a uh, the sort of first half of the podcast and make that a weekly content talking about news and everything else. And we're going to have a race review rather than a race recap and a recap the entire period between the last podcast and this podcast. So that's the first thing we're going to do. The second thing is we're going to do uh, some editorial work. So uh, this is sort of a pre-shout out. If you're interested in helping us with anything in that space, in anything in the writing space, um, get in touch. There'll be details below of how you can email me, but we are on the hunt uh, for someone to help us with some editorial content. We're going to redo the entire Oz F1 website as well. But 2021 is going to be big for Oz I'm F1. Building a, I'm building a set. Because too, there's so. going to be a set <laughs> You're have. building the website. You can't figure out your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> He's building his website on the iPad. Uh, we're going to have a set. Uh, we're going to have our own studio. Well, hopefully it means it. I can actually get down to Melbourne and yeah, film well, some stuff with you guys, which would be well, awesome. We're still at Gulag down here. I'm not sure we want to move back to <laughs> Look, uh, look, they say it's getting better, but it's still a fucking shambles. Yeah, not wrong. <laughs> uh, but the last bit is that uh, I have heard from the OzGP uh, guys, the media accreditation people, uh, I have engaged with someone. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, we might see a whole stack of video and audio content as well as a podcast coming out of the OzGP. Fingers crossed. Hey, Fingers we crossed. Should, we should, you know, ride into Paul Little, help us out too. Just Come get this. 
just you know, tweet all, tweet them ten times a day. Get on, so if you if you want to help, us, if you genuinely want to help us out, and I would love that. Uh, if you haven't yet left us our review on Apple Podcasts, I know I keep saying this, but it genuinely makes a difference. People can see that and go, yes, it's either there or it's not. We are charting all over the world, uh, and a massive shout out to wherever you're listening. Uh, genuinely, it's surprising seeing sometimes we're charting in Israel and Canada, uh, and awesome. all sorts of wonderful countries, uh, which I didn't know where from the one was was big too so big shout out to you there but if you if you haven't yet please take some time to either uh, leave a review follow us on twitter or on instagram uh it's it's gonna make us a lot more employable in the getting into the paddock thing and we can run amok i don't want a job when you look like you don't have one either that's okay my man that's what i scared of the video i sound what i look like it's just and on that note and on that it's time to end thanks so much for watching if you're watching us on YouTube and listening wherever you're getting it Uh, we'll see you next time see you guys the missus is ringing I'll just tell her I'm doing the podcast (laughs) tell her she's live how are you you're, You're on, on the podcast. With the boys. Welcome to the podcast, Bryony. Hey, hey Bryony. Hello, she- everybody. <laughs> uh, I'll ring you back. Actually, no, 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 can no, you no, leave no, Bryony on and you can leave Campy? Yeah, just take your call. That's fine. We'll be here. Just tell Bryony we prefer her. Mate, I'm not letting you guys hear my phone, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and how I sweet talk, my lady. What does that even mean? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, James and Tommy T. <laughs> no, we're just on the Zoom, like, aren't we? Sorry. Yeah. All right, I'll ring you when I'm done, darling. Love you too, bye. Love you too, bye. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.